following podcast is part of the Underdog Sports Podcasting Network. For a full list of our shows, as well as breaking sports news and engaging feature stories, visit us at www.theunderdogsports.com. Basketball Society. What's going on, everybody? Welcome back to another week of the Atlantic Files. And, of course, we are brought to you by BasketballSocietyOnline.com and the Underdog Sports Podcast Network. As always, you are joined by myself, Alex Fishbein, and we have Mike Bash joining me, as always, and we also have... Our guest, Greg Sussman from Fantasy Radio. What's going on, Greg? Not much, man. Thanks for having me. Hey, we're glad to have you back. Uh, it's been a little while here. And, um, yeah, it's been, a while. It's, been, it's been a while. I'm happy to be back. Ah, I know. And it, it's... it's uh, we definitely had to have you back on after the big news coming out of, of Madison Square Garden there with uh, the trade of... Uh, Kristaps Porzingis going over to Dallas now to join up with Luka Doncic. Um, obviously, the details of that trade being Kristaps, um, Tim Hardaway Jr., and Courtney Lee going to Dallas for uh, Dennis Smith Jr., Wes Matthews, DeAndre Jordan, and a couple first-round picks. I think it was 2021 and a protected 2023. Um, yeah. That's the deal. Yes. So uh, let's get your thoughts, Greg. What, what what initially went through your mind when you heard the trade? So I, I think it was interesting. Um, initially, and, and Mike and I were talking about this before we went live, but like in, initially it was crazy because you heard this this story that they had a meeting and he requested a meeting and he basically told them, hey, I'm not happy, but he didn't request a trade. And then five minutes later, he requested a trade. And then five minutes later, he was traded. So you realize like that was all obviously leaked by the Knicks side and it was kind of all BS, right? Like, that total order of events is not clearly how it went down because the Knicks didn't call up the Mavericks within five minutes and make it make a deal happen. This has been brewing, um, obviously, for some time. My initial reaction was, man, this this sucks. The, the Knicks are resetting again. The Knicks are stupid. What are the Knicks doing? But then you realize it. You think about it a little bit, and it's like if this was any other team and they were trading away, yeah, a 23-year-old coming off an ACL surgery that's not playing this year. But mm-hmm. if it was literally any other team in the league, you'd be like, whoa, you're in a big market. You just acquired more cap space than anybody in the NBA. You have two first-round picks coming, one of which is unprotected. You're setting yourself up to literally have more flexibility than anybody. That's pretty cool. Because it's the Knicks, you expect it to really – totally get screwed up <laughs> so they've done absolutely nothing to earn your trust but if it was literally any other team you'd be like oh i like what he's doing like imagine daryl morey and houston did this you're like oh this guy's a genius right imagine danny Ainge did it in boston like holy cow but it's because right. it's the knicks and i'm not even saying that it's like that idea is wrong because like the knicks have done nothing to earn the benefit of the doubt but on his face, like, okay, you've opened up all this cash space. You've got all these extra picks now. Let's see what you can do with them. You just put yourself in a position to maneuver in any which way now. And it's, it's 
pretty cool. Of course, when this all ends with the Knicks signing Tobias Harris and Chris Middleton to max deals, like, awesome. But, <laughs> um, but theoretically right now, like, I'm kind of okay with it, right? Like, not to, not to keep rambling, but Dennis Smith Jr. was the guy all Knicks fans wanted last year. Now, after one season playing next to Luka Doncic, who where they clearly don't match, like, everybody hates Dennis Smith. Dude, 21! Like, 21 years old! Like, he can't True. play defense, and that's what you have Franks for, because he can't play offense. So, okay. Maybe <laughs> there's something there. Yeah, uh, guys, I'm, I'm a Knicks fan. So I'm miserable. I drink myself to misery. And then uh, 24 hours later, I'm back all in. That's kind of how it works. <laughs> yeah, I, I, Greg, I kind of have a similar range of emotions. As, as a Nets fan, obviously, I root against the Knicks. I don't want the Knicks to win. I don't want them to ever be good. I want the Nets to be good. But I saw the trade, and I'm like, all right, they're trading away for Zingas. All right, they're going to get these pieces, and it's not going to be good. And then I'm like, oh, crap. They're going to be a top three pick in the draft, most likely, and they're going to sign Katie and Kyrie. And then I thought about it, and I'm like, okay, the Knicks have never been able to get like those big marquee free agents, and if they did get them, they're not going to get both of them. So maybe they sign Kyrie, but I don't think they're signing Kyrie and KD. Or maybe they sign KD, but they're not signing KD and Kyrie. Maybe they'll get, like, KD and Kemba, or they'll get Kyrie and Tobias Harris. You know, They'll get a combination where I just don't think they're going to get both. And then if they do get both, they're not going to get Zion. There's no way all three stars are going to align. That's just how I see it happening in the history of basketball. I just don't see all three of them going i know you know the heat signed those three guys but wade was already there but um i just i i think you know the knicks are setting themselves up to at least have some promise i i listened to uh you and frank's uh, podcast yesterday and frank was kind of down on dennis smith jr and i don't understand why so many people are down on him like you said he's 20 21 years old he's actually been a more efficient player this year even though his numbers are like from a total standpoint are down, but that's just because he was a ball dominant guard last year. Now Luka Doncic was the ball dominant guard, but but he's still shown improvement is what I'm trying to get at. Dennis Smith Jr. is an explosive athlete. He was the highlight train last year as a rookie, and now because Doncic was playing with him, it took away from his shine. But I still think Dennis Smith Jr. is a promising young guy. That's probably the best piece you could have gotten from Dallas, and I don't know many other young pieces that were available but that was pretty much one of the best young pieces you could have gotten um i think he's a starter in this league for years to come and if you can get some good talent around him it'll be fine but i I think it was a good trade overall you gotta have to land at least one marquee free agent you can't go and get tobias harris and chris middleton like you said and then maybe even if you get zion it's like you're not it'll be It'll be like, all right, you'll be a middle-of-the-road East team for a few years. So I think they're swinging for defenses. Uh, maybe they hit a home run and things go great. Maybe they fall up short. But we won't know the the full ramifications of this trade until July. Um, just to clarify, Mike, uh, Frank, he, he's back in on Dennis Smith now. I told you, he's a Knicks fan. It only takes uh, 24 hours. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> well, <laughs> maybe I just didn't listen to the end of the episode. I don't know. No, no, no. It was, it was after we were done. We went, we went downstairs afterwards. We ate some lunch, and he started looking at like some statistics and looking at his per 36, and he, he's all in. Yeah, no, I mean I like Dennis Smith Jr. He's, you know, maybe maybe this is an Oladipo situation. I'm not saying he's the next uh, Victor Oladipo, where a guy a guy just goes to his own team, a guy you know is forced to be the the lead dog, and and he becomes an all star. Who knows? I, I know Frank set the over under at at one, and it was taking the under. So, 
as they as as they say at Barstool, uh, life's too short to bet the under. <laughs> I mean, I, I also uh, agree that uh, like there's there's no reason at all to be down on Dennis Smith right now because yeah, even though some of his stats did go down, I mean. First off, obviously look at Luka Doncic and and the body of work he's been able to put together so far. So like right there going from yeah, the top dog to sharing the the court with Luka, obviously some stats are going to go down. Uh but even still like his points only went down about 2 points a game and then like his assist is only down 1 assist a game. The rebounds are about the same, steals went up, the field goal percentage went up, uh three-point percentage went up like there's really no reason to be down about Dennis Smith Jr. right now. And it, it blew my mind that, like, there were actually – that I was actually seeing just, like, uh, Dallas fans and stuff just saying, like, oh, like, you got you guys got, like, the, the real crappy end of the stick. Like, you know, Dennis Smith isn't going to be this. He isn't going to be that. And that was the same people singing all of his praises last season. So, like, it, it, it kind of blew my mind, especially because now – I, I enjoy watching Chris Stapps play, but at the same time, we're talking about a guy who is what, like seven foot one, and he his like he almost has like that Brook Lopez syndrome where like he's not getting rebounds, and like his scoring was was good and everything, but he wasn't being really all super efficient. And on top of that, he's had some very like a lot of issues uh with injuries lately so honestly out of this whole trade if you know we don't know if Chris Stapps is going to be the same player we thought he's going to be after all after the injuries he's been through right now and we don't know if uh like if he's going to continue to get hurt like after what has happened so uh, like you said, Greg, like this sets up the Knicks so well for really doing anything they want in the future. And the only thing is, I also agree with you, Mike, on the fact that I don't see it exactly being like that flash in a pan, like this one off season is going to like catapult them into title contention. Um, because like we've seen a few other teams in big markets try and do some like some sort of stuff like this. I mean, we had the Lakers the last few seasons saying like, oh, this guy's coming in the offseason. This guy's coming in the offseason. And Paul George turned down L.A. to stay in Oklahoma City of all places like you know, if if the guys are turning down L.A. for a place like OKC, then there are going to be people who turn down going to the Knicks. And not like just because it's New York isn't like really going to be the end all be all of it. Um, but oh. the biggest thing you can do is set yourself up for different opportunities. And that is definitely what they did. Well, what we all know is they're going to turn down Manhattan to go play in Brooklyn. That's just you know, a fact of life. <laughs> you know, it's, it's, it's interesting. I think you gave good stats um, about Porzingis, but I think the biggest thing that we have to remember is we've never seen a seven foot three guy um, come back from 20 ACL. And right. yeah, guys, the NFL come back from ACLs all the time. And, and we've certainly seen NBA players do it, but it's not that easy for a seven foot three guy. Derek Rose until this season has never been the same. And I know he tore it twice, but we, we haven't seen a big man of this caliber do it. Not to say it can't be done. Not to say that Christoph Porzingis won't continue to grow and become a better player. You just never see it. There's a, lot, there's a lot of question marks here. And again, I realize I'm an Knicks fan. I'm trying to take the rose colored side of it. The other side is, uh, and Mike, you pointed it out, right? Like Christoph Porzingis and Luka Doncic over the next 20 years is going to be incredible. The next Steve Nash uh, and Dirk in, in Dallas. But 
you know, just 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 from the the Knicks' point of view, like you have a guy that didn't want to be there, didn't trust management, didn't trust ownership, and again, he had no reason to do either of those things. Management have always been idiots, and we know about the owner. So I get it, I get it. But if he doesn't want to be here, they can as as Fisdale said about Ennis Cancer, they could lose with him, they could lose without him. Well, like, what are they gonna do? Lose more games? Who cares? So right. you got right now, because before he's been back on the court, I don't know that his value his value could plummet for all you know. If he comes back and he's just not the same guy, it could plummet. Now you've got rid of every contract you have, you have two extra first round picks, you set yourself up for uh, you know, one of the top three players in the NBA potentially to come here. Will it happen? I have no idea. But they're in a spot. They're in a, they're in a position. Let's say. Yeah, and um, that that 2021 unprotected pick it it intrigues me because it's the Western Conference, so that, you know it's always loaded. There's no there's no there's no assurance that even if Luka Doncic and Kristaps Porzingis are fully healthy, that that's even a playoff team right now. You're gonna have to add pieces around them to and obviously hope that Porzingis is healthy. But there's no assurance that you have a playoff team right there. So. Let's say two years, three years from now, whatever that is, I guess two years from now, um, you know, we're talking about high school sophomores. I don't know who's coming out then. I'm not looking at it right now. But, you know, that that unprotected pick could be a top 10 pick because there's no assurance. Right, absolutely, right? Yeah, it's not like if if, maybe Luca gets angry at Mark Cuban. Like, who knows, right? You know what I mean? Like, (laughs) 20, and again, that means the the, uh, the Mavericks can't finish. I believe in the top five or so this year, which is not going to. So it will be the twenty twenty one pick. Um, but like, who knows what will happen in twenty twenty one? That's that's a couple of years away now. I mean, this is gonna be pretty good. Right, yeah. and and so for me, like the fact that the Knicks have that pick this year, and the fact that that pick two years from now could be good, and even if they. I don't want to say strike out, but even if they, you know, if they foul one off this offseason and they don't get two guys, you know, they're set up. They're set up to be really good next year if they get these two guys, but they're also set up to be really good in the future with all this draft capital. So I think it's even though it is a high risk, high reward trade, it is not a Brooklyn Nets, Boston Celtics swinging for the fences. And if we miss, we're we're screwed. You know, it's a it's a balanced trade in my eyes. It gives them a chance to be good right away, but it also gives them a chance to be good for years to come. Right. You don't see the that kind of move. Right, exactly. So, like, again, if it was any other owner, any other team, the move makes sense. And we're just, the three of us sitting here describing, like, why it makes plenty of sense. Of course, it's, it is the Knicks. Well, like, are we, are the Knicks due for, like, uh, rigging the lottery soon? Like, the Cavs have had it rigged a lot. Like, they should really do <laughs> the rigging of the lottery. And especially this year, they're probably finished with either the first or second worst record in the NBA. Of course, it's the top three all have the same amount of, all for the same percentage chance to get Zion. Like, Adam Silver has got to help the Knicks out. We can't have the Cavs get in the one world pick again, right? Like, we just do. They're due. Oh, yeah. the, here's the issue, and Greg, this might shock you, but uh, we, we have a mock draft going on at Basketball Society, and I'm actually one of the only people there that doesn't have Zion going one. I have... <laughs> I like R.J. Barrett over him. I, I, I don't think Zion – everyone's saying – like I saw Scottie Pippen say Zion's the best prospect since Michael Jordan, which means he thinks he's a better prospect than LeBron James. And I don't yeah, – all, you know, all these old guys like Scottie Pippen, like, it's so annoying. Like, oh, LeBron James isn't that good. Back in my day, but, you know, shut up, man. <laughs> yeah. I mean, but, like, wasn't Scottie Pippen the, the one who also said that uh, that Zion should just sit out the rest of the season and just prepare for the NBA? 
Yes, that's he stupid. Was. It's just, but like, I, I like Zion. I think he's a, a freak of nature, but he's also six seven. He's also two hundred and eighty five pounds, which would make him the second heaviest player in the NBA behind Boban. Like, there's, <laughs> he's not a knockdown shooter at six seven. You know, a lot of his game is because he's bigger, stronger, and faster. Than, well, not, I wouldn't say faster, but he's bigger, stronger, more athletic than everyone. In the NBA, you're not bigger, stronger, and faster than everyone. So I don't think it's a slam dunk that this guy's going to walk into the league and be this 25-10 and 10 type of guy. Um, maybe R.J. Barrett won't be either. Maybe John Morant might be the best guy in the draft. Who knows? But, uh, you know, it, it's a, it, it's exciting for the Knicks, but I, I think if the Knicks don't get the number one pick, if they get the number two pick, it might be a blessing in disguise. I know Knicks fans will be upset that they didn't get Zion. He's the, you know, the hype train, the bleacher report guy that everyone just, you know, they post about all the time. But uh, I think there's more to one guy in this draft that can be really help your franchise. So it's going to be an, it's going to be an issue. RJ Barrett is better than Zion in the NBA because the amount of text I'm going to get the rest of my life from you. <laughs> I mean, well, honestly, like I think you know, as long as the Knicks, which I mean, they very well should be. If they weren't, it'd be like highway robbery. If they get a top four pick, should be fine because I like all four of those guys. I like Zion. RJ, I love Cam Reddish and Morant. Like I think all four of those guys really have a solid shot at becoming a star or superstar in the NBA. And like just being in that in that realm of of possibility to get one of those guys, I think is just huge in general for the Knicks. Yeah, yeah no, I, I, for, for for sure. Um, just being in the mix and. Hoping they get one of those three guys or, or John Morant and, and kind of see what happens. Yeah. Well, the only thing I would say is I, I would hope they don't take John Morant um, if they don't get Zion because John Morant and Dennis Smith Jr. are basically the same player. Right. So right. You're, right, right. You're, you're going to run into issues there. But no, it, it's yeah, it's like it, it's a the I listen to Boomer and Carl, not Boomer and Carton, Boomer and Geo. And every time the Knicks lose, they're the happiest people in the world because they're just rooting for the Knicks to lose, rooting for the Knicks to lose. So now that they've gotten rid of Porzingis, even though they didn't get rid of, like, you know, Tim Hardaway obviously was putting up numbers for them, but they didn't get rid of, like, you know, um, who's like Kevin Knox or something. So, like, people are, are going to be more accepting of them losing now because of the situation. Oh, totally. That's not fair. I think we've been – Knicks fans have been accepting of losing for about 20 years now, so I don't think it's a problem. <laughs> well, what's another 45 games of losing? Exactly, games? exactly. <laughs> and I mean, uh, like, as a as a Sixers fan, I can attest to the fact that, like, hey, you can accept losing a lot. It's still, like, the Sixers only got the number one pick in the very last year of, like, the, the all-out tank. So, like, it, it's still, you still have to, like, hope and pray for so many other pieces to fall after well, the, craziest, the, the craziest thing and you know this very well obviously about the sixers is how many times they got it wrong in their you know five-year tank right oh like, yeah how many of those top 10 picks were awful like i know julian okafor is hot right now but like okafor and noel and michael carter williams and dario Saric, like you got Embiid. like Embiid was right and ben simmons is right but marcel false is another one like they got it wrong so many times exactly Greg, don't don't hate on Okafor. He's bringing the post game back to the NBA. <laughs> That's the issue. Only uh, you have to you have to make sure you differentiate only post offense game, no <laughs> post defense. Wait, Alex, has he hit any? Has he hit any threes yet? Like I predicted in the offseason or no? Okafor, I don't know. I haven't. I actually haven't looked at his stats. Uh, I, I wonder who will be first to hit a three: Julio Okafor or Ben Simmons. 
that that's a good prop bet. Probably Okafor. <laughs> if I'm being no, completely honest. He's he's over he's over one this year. He's two for eleven in his career. It's like Aaron okay. Baines. He's gonna be the next Aaron Baines. It's okay. Yeah, he's gonna face the Sixers and then hit ten threes. <laughs> but um but yeah, like wh- there were so many uh you know, guys that they tried out and guys that they drafted and everything that really turned into absolutely nothing for the Sixers. And even yeah. with Embiid Nobody knew what Embiid was going to be because he didn't play the first two years. So, mm-hmm. like, the whole time we're sitting there like, this guy could be the next Hakeem Olajuwon or he could be the next Greg Oden. Like, I, you, you, you really don't know. And then even Ben Simmons draft him like, oh, this guy's going to be like the next Magic Johnson and breaks his foot. And it's like, well, <laughs> back to the drawing board. So, like, there, there's just so many different things. And the, the other thing is, like, the Sixers – the one thing I would say that the Knicks have over the Sixers is that the Sixers have never really been a big free agent destination. Like Philadelphia sure is a bigger market, but it's, it's not something where a lot of free agents really, uh, you know, have the, the interest in, because even in the, the championship teams that the Sixers had way back in the eighties and those teams, the, it got finished off by getting Moses Malone, but that was that was via trade. So there was like there there really isn't that many free agents coming to Philadelphia and with New York there still is the whole lore of MSG. So like I think with the Knicks they at least have a little bit of a foot up in that area, but you also have to have ownership management everything on the same exact page and they have to be keeping it steady because as you saw with the Sixers that with that whole shit show that thing was awful yeah um you know I I, I don't want to see the mission like I was tying anybody you know the, the the Sixers are right now an ability they're in their prime they have the ability to win a championship um and I, I don't want to discount that or dispute that like we keep talking about the lore of MSG who is the lure of MSG brought? I mean, you got Carmelo Anthony, but you traded for him, and you traded assets away when you knew he wanted to come here, and you, you didn't take any chances. You got Amari Stoudemire, that worked out for about 40 games or so. The lure of MSG is, is, is lauded, and it's this huge thing, but it, unfortunately, it hasn't mattered in a very, very long time. And until the Garden um, is rocking again and the Knicks are winning again, I, I don't know that it will. True. Yeah, no, that's fair. That's fair. It's... It's um that's why I kind of wanted to pump the brakes and all the, all these Knicks fans are like oh we're gonna get all these you know star right. players. you haven't <laughs> you haven't gotten them yet so exactly exactly it, it's it's not a foregone conclusion but I think this is the first time that they're actually set up in a while to like you know have that opportunity because they have the assets in the future that they didn't have in before Middleton Harris 2019 get excited. <laughs> well, I'm actually, I, I actually think that they, I see as a Nets fan, I want the Nets to get Kawhi Leonard, but I, I'm, I'm preparing myself to get set, to settle for Tobias Harris. So, yeah. one of us is getting Tobias Harris at this point. Yeah, I mean, in, in all honesty, if we're if we're trying to predict who the Knicks will get, um, I think the one guy that's going to be a lock is going to be Kemba. I, I think Kemba wants to play for the Knicks. I think uh, the Knicks will be happy to have Kemba now. It's not that you can't pair Kemba with. Um, with Kawhi or with Durant or Jimmy Butler or whatnot, but I, but I I think Kyrie winds up somewhere else, and I think Kemba winds up with, with the Knicks. I can yeah, see that. 
I can see that happening. Uh, nah, never mind. I'll save that story for another time. <laughs> What's uh, well now? Now you gotta tell the story. Uh, no, it was just just uh, one of my buddy buddy's friend. Uh, he coaches at or he used to coach at Rutgers Prep, and he used to tell me because one of the coaches at Rutgers Prep used to coach for the actual Rutgers that Kemba Walker wanted to come to Rutgers, but uh, they chose Mike Coburn over him, and well, we all know how that turned out. Ah, okay. <laughs> Um, yeah, I mean, I, just in general, this off season coming up, I'm just excited to see all of what happens because there's so like, it, it has the potential to shift the entire like NBA landscape right now. Um, like will be, will people actually be going to LA this time? Will, uh, you know, Kevin Durant come to the East? Will he stay in the West? Like having somebody like Kevin Durant switch conferences, I think switches the whole power dynamic of, of a lot of things. Um, so I, I like in general, I'm just excited to see what is going to happen. Um, with this whole Kyrie situation though, in Boston, I feel like a lot of this is just a whole lot of like smoke and mirrors. Um, I like, I just have this feeling that just like, everyone's just kind of blowing stuff out of proportion with it. And I just feel like Kyrie's going to end up staying in Boston. Like that's just, that's just my gut feeling. I'm not going based off of like any kind of uh, like story evidence or anything. I'm just, it just, to me, it just doesn't feel like it's like, there's really that much there for that. Yeah. I, I, I actually, I actually agree with you. Number one, and don't ever forget this. People want the most money and Boston can open, can offer Kyrie the most money. And that is, without a question, a uh, thing. So, number one, um, I agree with you. Number two, um, you just pointed it out, and, and I think that's what makes it all really interesting, is that where else could these players go? Like, all right, one of them can go play with LeBron, but they want Anthony Davis. Not all of them. They, they, they don't have that ability. So, fine, right? One goes with LeBron, that's cool. But where, where else are you, are you going? Like, okay, you want to go to the Clippers? Sure. There, there's not much there. <laughs> seriously like where else are you going right sacramento denver sure like great these are all coming teams you're not going to play in sacramento you're not going to play in denver if you're a free agent there's no way now the bulls are a fair answer like that that's an answer i could do with. but nobody will want to go play for jim boylan because he's a maniac so it's like it's a really interesting conundrum that some of these players um, are going to have. And that's why I think you see someone like Kyrie um, stay where he is in Boston. I think Miami will ultimately become the destination because Pat Riley and Eric Spolstra, like they could lure people in Miami. Um, it's certainly a great uh, town for these guys to live in. There's no state tax there. So I think Miami becomes a player. And I think ultimately you're looking at Miami stealing a couple of guys when no one's watching once again. I think New York winds up with somebody. Um, I, I think Chicago winds up with somebody, and of course LeBron gets what LeBron wants, and I think that's kind of how this one will play out ultimately. Right, and I mean, even on top of that, the one thing that, I, like personally, that I've been looking to is just the like, you know, Philadelphia isn't sure are they going to resign Jimmy Butler? Is Butler going to stay there? Is he going to hit the market? And then the Sixers try and snatch up one of those other big names so philly could become a player um and yeah like like you said it's with a lot of these guys it's either stay where you're at or go to one of these you know bigger markets not the denvers not the sacramentos not the milwaukee's it's going to be like yeah the knicks i mean even the nets because they're still there in brooklyn 
Um, yeah, no, and, I, and they're up and coming. The, the thing with the Nets is kind of like the Spurs, and Mike, I'll let you do your thing here, but like they're obviously building this from the ground up. Not that the Spurs didn't go out and sign LaMarcus Aldridge or, or trade away Kawhi for DeMar DeRozan. They didn't want to do that. They, they were kind of forced into that. LaMarcus Aldridge is like the only free agent the Spurs have signed, major, major free agent the Spurs have signed in like our lifetimes. And, and I think the Nets are, are, are really building it that way with a team-oriented uh, approach. I don't know that they go out and splurge for this alpha that's like Kyrie who wants to be the man and won't kind of buy into what they're doing. And the same goes for Jimmy Butler. Maybe Kawhi will make sense there. Um, I, I don't think the Nets are just going to just try to splurge like the Knicks in all honesty to, to make a splash. I don't think they're built that way. I don't think they want to be built that way. So I think the Nets are kind of going to try to do it um, the Spurs way, if you will. Yeah, and, you know, Sean Marks comes from San Antonio, so it totally mm-hmm. makes sense. Um, I think there's a couple guys on their list. I think Kawhi Leonard is a guy that makes sense. I think KD is a guy that makes sense but won't happen. Um, Jimmy Butler is a guy I do not want. Uh, Kyrie Irving is a guy I do not want. Um, like you said, these you need the guy that built, that buys into that team-oriented thing. And and you see a guy like KD who's the, one of the biggest stars, if not the biggest star in the league behind LeBron James – but he is obviously a guy that buys into that team-oriented approach. Uh, that's why I, when when I feel like the Nets are going to settle for Tobias Harris, I don't mind it because, yeah, it's not the biggest of fish that you were going after, but Tobias Harris isn't this diva, isn't this, right. you know, me, me, me kind of guy. And as we've seen with Sean Marks, he has every draft pick he's made so far has been great. Uh, Jared Allen's been great. Caress LeVert's been great. Um, even Rodion's Kirux this year in the second round has been great. We haven't seen Zan on Musa much yet, but like, it's just, I trust this guy to do whatever he does. I've trusted him and he, he's done well. Yeah. There's been the Anthony Bennett's of the world, but the Angelo Russell's worked out. Spencer Dinwiddie's worked out. So, you know, I, I trust what he's doing. I don't mind if we don't, if we, if we, you know, don't get KD or Kawhi I would love Kawhi. I'm fine with it, and I think the Nets are building their team the right way. Now, we're not going to become the Warriors of the East. That's in, that's impossible to predict. But look at how the Warriors built their original, like, star-studded team. It was through the draft. It was adding free agents that fit their spot or fit that fit their team, not free agents that just were, like, superstar players. I- Iguodala, at the point that he signed, wasn't a superstar. Um you know, and then they and and they brought in other pieces. So I like what the Nets are doing. I'm fine with what the Nets are doing. If if we don't get Kawhi Leonard, it wasn't meant to be. But I I'm I'm fine if they just get a Tobias Harris. Yeah, I mean, even with Tobias Harris, I mean, with the the infrastructure that has been set up there, that could be a very competitive team as is. Not saying like a finals competitor, but just a very playoff competitive team in general. Um. And yeah, I mean, especially now that you guys like have your own draft pick and everything, there's a lot of room for, you know, Brooklyn to really make that ascension, especially with this kind of offseason coming up and the possibilities that that could, uh, you know, come forth. Um, And as it currently is situated, the Sixers would play the Nets in the first round, which I would take the Nets in that series. In a seven game series? Mike, Mike, you you would take the Nets in any first round series. Who the hell? <laughs> well, we we played well against the Sixers this year. You so. you, you haven't played a, a minute on there. The Nets have played well, but you haven't played a minute on the court. <laughs> well, I haven't. Two K, if that counts. It does not. All right, but that's only right now because the Pacers are definitely going to drop, so the Sixers are going to move up. They already moved past the six. The Sixers already moved past them. 
They did? As of, what, last yeah. night, they were below them. Yeah, no, they're a half game ahead. Oh, all right. Well, then never mind. <laughs> um, but, yeah, so, uh, th- I mean, I think that's it here for us. Um, uh, Greg, if you want to let them know where they can find you. Yeah, of course. You can check out the Fantasy Sports Network, Fantasy Sports Radio Network. We have a ton of stuff. Um, you can check out our stuff tweeted out by NBA Fantasy. We're also on the NBA Twitch channel each and every Thursday. Uh, I'm on NBA TV every Monday night. Um, so, yeah, follow me at Greg Sussman. Follow Fantasy Sports Network and, and follow at NBA Fantasy. I do videos for them literally every day. So it's at NBA Fantasy on Twitter, and you'll, you'll see plenty of me. Yes, and I did want to correct myself. I said Fantasy Radio in the in the beginning, but yes, Fantasy Sports Network. Uh, definitely give Greg a follow there. And of course, guys, always check out BasketballSocietyOnline.com. We have a big March Madness event coming in New Brunswick on March 9th. Make sure you get your tickets on Eventbrite for that. And make sure you check out the other shows on the Underdog Sports Podcast Network. Thank you guys for listening, and we'll catch you guys next week. Peace.